This is part five in a series of labs on answering the question, what is the meaning of a text? What do we mean by the word meaning? And how do we use the word meaning in these labs? And specifically, what is the meaning of a written text? So this is all clarifying the meaning of meaning and arguing for a particular definition, namely, the meaning of a text is what the author intended to communicate by his words. And I've given four reasons of the seven, and in this session we give number five. Here's a summary. Reason number one for this definition the Bible assumes it. Reason number two, the golden rule. As a reader, do unto authors as you would have readers do unto you as an author. And no author trying to communicate something wants readers to say, I don't care what you're trying to communicate. I'm going to read my ideas in. We don't want to be treated that way. And so we shouldn't treat the Bible that way. Reason three, reading a text in order to discover the author's intention is the humble path to greater knowledge and true wisdom. And we want to be humble since God promises wisdom to the humble. Reason four, this definition of meaning assumes the biblical worldview that a God-inspired author's intention has real objective existence outside ourselves. It's really there. You can find it. Reality is not just an echo of our own subjective preferences. So all of that we have already dealt with in, in four sessions. Now here we are with reason number five. This definition that the author's meaning is what he intends to communicate by his words, this definition of meaning implies that a text's meaning never changes. Ever. From age to age, from reader to reader. The reason is that a text's meaning is a historical event in the past. The author intended to communicate something through his words. That event, that moment or process when he was writing and intending, that event, or like any other event in history, is past. It can't cease to be what it is. It is simply like all other events in the past, and the past doesn't change. So there is an amazing rock-solid stability under this definition of meaning. It doesn't wobble around changing from reader to reader or age to age. Father, as we think about this for a few more minutes, would you help us to see the vast value of such a definition and its implications for our lives? I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just look at one passage 
and then think of a few a few problems. Here's Jesus saying, Truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, that's the smallest Greek letter, and not a dot, that's the smallest vowel in the Hebrew uh, alphabet, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law, the written law of God, the Mosaic law or the Old Testament as summed up in the term law or instruction, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now, when Jesus says, not an iota, not a dot will pass away, he's not merely concerned with strokes on a page. He's concerned with what they signify, because that's what will come to pass. That's what will be accomplished. Dots aren't accomplished, and, and letters aren't accomplished. Meaning is accomplished. And so he's saying the, the meaning carried by these details down to the m- most minor meaning will not pass away until it's accomplished. It won't pass away into forgetfulness. It won't pass away into oblivion of any kind. It won't pass away into changing. It's fixed. It's going to come to pass. So I'm just suggesting that this text right here assumes that the meaning of those texts back in the Old Testament was stable and fixed and not changing from age to age, but will in fact be fulfilled. Now, here, here are a few key questions that people often ask when this statement is made that meaning never changes. What if an author changes his mind? He is perfectly free to write a new statement with a different meaning or the same statement with enough clues that he intends to have a different meaning. He intends something different by it. But the very fact that he changes his mind shows that his mind, captured in that first statement, that is, his intention in the first document, is what it is. He can change his mind, but he can't go back and say, I didn't mean it back then, because he did or he didn't. And if he did, then it's fixed. So the meaning of the first document remains. And the new meaning remains in the new document. But the meaning of the first document has not changed. So yes, an author can change his mind, but he can't go back and say, the meaning that I once had, it doesn't have that anymore. It does. He has to write something new if he wants to change what he's communicating. Here's another question. Can the reader see more of an author's meaning than he saw? And the answer is yes, if the author wrote in such a way as to provide for that. A couple of examples. Here's example number one. A lawmaker may write a city statute that says all vehicles that use the roads in Minneapolis, including kinds of vehicles not yet invented, will come to a full stop at stop signs. 
Now, in 50 years, there may be a new kind of hovercraft using the roads that he never foresaw. This law means, according to the author's intention, that such a vehicle should stop at stop signs, even though the author did not have the hovercraft explicitly in his mind. He did have it in mind as a non-explicit part of what he, in fact, intended to communicate by that phrase right there, including kinds of vehicles not yet invented. So he has a class of vehicles in mind, namely the kind that use the roads of Minnesota, and they better come to a stop at stop signs, even though he never had a hovercraft in his mind. So we now know that this, this law here includes something the author did not explicitly have in his consciousness. Here's another example, example number two. We often use the term etc. to complete a list. In context, we're intending to communicate a class of things, even though we may not have each thing in mind at the moment. So our reader may think of an item in that class that we did not have in mind, but which we do intend by the term etc. Here's a, here's a biblical illustration. Paul uses the similar term, such things, like we use, etc. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom. And he's just listed 15 examples, 15 examples of works of the flesh. And then he adds, and those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom. And he intends it's part of his meaning. He intends that we may think of behaviors and attitudes that are not explicitly in his mind, but which are included in the category such things, and therefore, therefore are part of what he intended to communicate with his words, and therefore are part of his meaning. So we can discern aspects of his meaning that we can make explicit, which he, he didn't. So summing up now, the meaning of a text is what the author intended to communicate by his words. The author intended to communicate by his words because the Bible assumes it, because of the golden rule, we want to be read that way, because reading a text in order to discover an author's intention is the humble path to greater knowledge and true wisdom, because this definition of meaning assumes the biblical worldview that a God-inspired author's intention has real objective existence outside ourselves. It's really there to be found. Reality is not just an echo of our own subjective preferences. There's a meaning out there, and we can fight our way through it, through to it. And then finally, in this session, this definition of meaning implies that a text meaning can never change, never change from age to age, from reader to reader, which again provides meaning with a tremendous stability. 
it's not wobbling all over the place, changing from reader to reader and age to age, so that you never can know for sure. Have I got the meaning that the author intended? Once he intends it, that's a historical event, and it is what it is. Now, the implications of this for two more reasons are huge, and I wonder if you can guess what they are. So next time we go here, this kind of stability makes it possible that there really can be wrong interpretations.